Thank you, everyone. It was so great to hear your commentary. And it reminded me that, you know, we're very unique amongst us gathered here that we can begin to consider these things that are so hard to consider and that most people would not want to hear. They would run away. Uh, even though it has everything to do with their life and their future, they, they're not strong enough to see. They don't want to see. They just want to be safe. So to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear means that we have to be open, not just to all things in the world, but those things that particularly are relevant to who we are and why we're here. And the new message tells us that, you know, we have come into the world at this time for a purpose to be in the world at this time. So to be in large complaint about the way things are, or to be lamenting that the world isn't the way you want it to be, uh, really doesn't represent an awareness of what you're really about in the world. And that these things that seem so difficult and that most people would avoid actually have our name on it or we're somehow implicated in participating in that arena. Um, doesn't mean we have to go do the hardest things in life, but it means we have to look at things that are coming over the horizon. In fact, there's a whole teaching in the new message called the watchtower. And it's, I think you can see it on the, um, the new message website that talks about the willingness to look and see and maintain an observation of the changing circumstances. Because whereas certain things are very chaotic and uncertain and can happen at any time, there are trend lines in human behavior. There are trends. Trends seem to be much more stable and ongoing. They may deviate, they may, it's not a straight line, but they create more predictability to what's coming over the horizon. Um, so for someone to say, well, you can't really know what's coming over the horizon. That's not really accurate. In the watchtower, you can see certain things. It seems unusual just because other people do not want to look or know how to look or even are aware that they can look. So the WWC exists as a platform to carry the new message forward. And that is an, into a turbulent world. If you look at the history of religion, you will see that religion has flourished in times of social chaos, in times of great difficulty, um, and has become more withdrawn in more stable eras. So, it's an unusual thing, interesting thing to me that revelations are given at turbulent times. And um, people tend to be more reflective and more open to mysterious things. More sensitized sometimes to their deeper feelings when challenged. Not challenged too much, but challenged. So here we are having to face these great waves and actually to seek to learn about them, not only to stabilize our own lives, to warn us so we may provision ourselves correctly, but really to provide stability and certainty to other people who haven't seen these things, but who are willing to see. And for those who are not willing to see, well, we can't do much for them. 
So we have to face these great waves and they will continue to come over the horizon because the big waves now are beginning to build. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we were told great waves of change are coming. Great difficulties out on the horizon, further than you can see. And now we're living at a time when we can begin to see the magnitude of these waves. And we haven't landed on the other shore yet. We haven't landed at a new, uh, a new reality. We're in transit. We're in turbulence. So we have the pandemic surging in the world today, seemingly out of control. And we're seeing how difficult it is for people to face this and to adapt to it and how that will keep the pandemic continuing to surge because of people's inability to respond appropriately. And then we have the danger of a hotter world, a hotter world. And when I was traveling in South America last year, I could really see the impact of this hotter world on the lives of the various countries I was in. I was in four different countries that I visited and um, it was pretty striking, the present and future dilemma of a hotter world. So we also have a flooded world coming in the future, a flooded world. These are not the kind of big waves that you can resolve with a, a vaccine or a medical treatment. These are things that are going to be ongoing that will require tremendous adaptation. And the adaptation begins before the events occur. That's when the adaptation, the emotional adaptation, psychological adaptation, practical adaptation, it doesn't happen at the moment these events really begin to surge. It's too late for that. Time of preparation has ended. So we're being given this opportunity to prepare our lives so that we may have stability within for ourselves and our loved ones, but also to be a source of stability for others. We're also facing a world where the loss of food production will be significant and what that could mean for people everywhere. Uh, and there's no nation in the world that isn't experiencing the power of these events right at this moment. So your pillar of development is really important, the stability of your circumstances. You're going to be rely upon your circumstances that you can establish in the next decade. The New Year's revelation given to us um, is telling us that we have a decade to make whatever substantive changes we need to make in our life. Beyond that, beyond the year 2030, that will become much more difficult. So we have a window of opportunity in what is now about nine years. And these things take time, so you can't wait till the last moment to engage with them. And we're also facing the problem of human denial all around us and willingness to see, then willingness to face something of great magnitude, particularly something that's not human created. I think the tendency to want to think that this pandemic, for example, is a human creation is just the attempt to feel like you have control and that 
This is coming from people. They have control. But nature, whew. nature, we don't control. Not at this level. So we have to be willing to face these things within ourselves, and that's a process, and begin the adaptation process now. And begin to move in that direction now. Others won't do this. They either won't see the need, or if they see the need, they won't respond. So we can't rely upon self-validating theories um, or ideology that tells us that something's going, this is how it's going to be for us and not to worry. You know, we shift from optimism to dread when in reality, we need to be in the center line between those two things, not in hope, not in fear, but in between center line. Because from there you can see you can know, and you have the strength to move forward. Hope uh, seems promising, but has great disadvantages associated with it without the center line. And of course, fear is become self-destructive and destructive to others. It's interesting when you look at what happens when something big happens in the world, how often there's a great attempt to give it a human cause, particularly with natural events, or God caused it to punish us for our sins, for example. This is a very common theme uh, in earlier eras that when plagues and climate change would happen, it would be attributed to God's punishment upon us. And there are still people who think that way. So now we're facing something and we're in something that's really big. And we don't know how it's going to turn out. We're given assurances and we give ourselves assurances, perhaps. We really don't know what's, how this is gonna work out. So the person who becomes strong with knowledge can live with questions unanswered, outcomes undetermined. Other people can't do that. They base everything upon hope and hopeful projections. And when those don't work out, they can really lose their balance, become very vulnerable, or subject to very errant and erratic behavior. So the new message speaks of urgency about these great ways. And we should be with them in that sense of urgency, importance. But urgency is not panic. Urgency is not having to have things answered, assured, or determined in this moment. The person who can live with uncertainty has great strength, can see and know which way to go as the road turns and the circumstances change. So what I would like to share with you tonight, this has never been shared before, is a question and answer session I had with the assembly back at the beginning of the pandemic, when it was apparently becoming a real pandemic. It's on March 13th, 2020, regarding the coronavirus message and preparation. So I'd like to share this with you now. This is where I went for counsel 
as to how to understand what was occurring so that I could prepare and act appropriately. So the first question was, what should we be doing in the face of this new coronavirus? Have enough food, medicine, and personal items for two to three months. Things will get worse before they improve. Make sure the elders in this new message community have what they will need to get through this period. Things could become very difficult over the next six to nine months regarding healthcare and economics. Much will depend on how nations and communities can respond and prepare. Keep a distance from others, stay indoors at home as much as possible. Take care of your children as they can be exposed as well. Now, obviously this is not now just a message for me. This is a message to be shared, you can see that. But I've waited this long to share it in the right time, in the right place with the right people. I'll continue. Knowledge and steps to knowledge will be key here in making wise decisions and in keeping you out of fear and panic. This will be a great challenge. How serious will it get? Very serious, both regarding health and economic stability. Could it be over soon? No. It must run its course. How long will depend on what people and nations do together? There will be much pain, suffering, and loss. What has caused this, caused this pandemic? Man's intrusion into nature where no one should go, the deep jungles and swamps of the world. How long will the coronavirus last? It will never fully go away. As a pandemic, it could last up to six years. Up to six years. Future pandemics will be caused by the melting of the tundra, which contains diseases of the ancient world. Humanity must prepare. This is only the first wave. So in summary, what they were telling me was, they're instructing me that the pandemic is an act of nature, which would be very difficult to face, understand, and control, which is typical of pandemics. This pandemic as a great wave has the power to change the world and kill many millions of people. The 1918 pandemic killed between 50 and 100 million people worldwide. More people died in that pandemic than all the wars of the 20th century including my grandparents on my mother's side. Stop trying to think this is under control or other people's control. This is beyond our control. Nature is beyond our control at this level. Try to give this a human cause and what you're really trying to do is exert control over this. Assume control, believe in control, but this is out of control. This is a great wave like the others to come will either break us down or build us up to unite us. And this is a, a quotation from Relationships in the Great Waves, chapter six from the Great Waves of Change. 
These are the things that are important. You must become aware of situations around the world regarding the availability of food and water. You must become aware of changes in climate and its effect upon food production in the world and its effect upon the well-being of people in both urban and rural environments. You must be aware of political and economic instability and how it is manifesting in certain places. You must be aware of the outbreaks of pandemic illnesses. You must be aware of conflicts that continue to exist and conflicts that may emerge in the future. The next quote, this is from the Great Ways Prophecy, chapter nine from the Great Ways of Change. There will be a great risk of pandemic illness that will arise out of deteriorating conditions, particularly in large urban areas. Many people may perish. It will be an immense and traumatic set of events. Now, what strikes me from this first quote, if we have to be aware of all these things, how much awareness does that take from you? That you have to move now from worrying about yourself, your preoccupation with getting what you want, your issues with people. If you're going to be aware of all these things, you're going to become a world person. Yes, you'll be aware of your thoughts and feelings and circumstances, but you can't be obsessed with yourself and have this kind of awareness. They were serious about saying this. This isn't just um, an optimal list. I mean, this is, you wanna know what's going on in the world, the things that are coming your way? Well, there it is. So what I want to do this evening and what I did last evening in our gathering, I wanna confer upon you the responsibility as individuals and the worldwide community to begin to become educated about these things that hold such importance for your future and the future of everyone around you. Don't think that you're going to be happy and secure or free from the impacts of the great ways of change. The people who believe in that will face a grave, will face grave circumstances as we go forward. We have been given God's wisdom to enable us to face and adapt to the great ways that are now upon us and to help others to prepare. Because we're walking together into this great ways world. How will we walk? Will we try to make it as individuals? I don't think we'll make it as individuals. Will we try to be self-directed alone? I don't think that's possible or wise. Are we going to retreat so we don't have to face these things? There's nowhere to retreat. So I need for you to take this on, your study, education, awareness, and knowledge. And these are the great resources that are available to you. Available to you as we walk together into this new world reality. It's a lot of study but this will be time well spent. It would be really great if you could know what is in each one of these books, which means you didn't just read them once, you actually studied them, thought about them, walked around them, considered what they mean for your life and for the lives of people, lives of people in the world. 
you skim through these books, you're not going to get much out of them compared to what they can really give you. In the great ways of change, we have the guidelines for living in a great ways world. And we have We have the deep evaluation and the great ways of change so important for how to evaluate your life and circumstances. And then we have the New Year's revelation, the great threshold facing humanity. And I really recommend you go listen to that on the community. It's on the uh, New Message website. And feel the urgency in that message. That urgency has been building over the last 10 or 15 years become really evident to me that time is running out. We cannot be asleep in our self-comforting ideas. Something is pulling us out, out of ourselves, out of our conflicted and compromised situations. We're being called out. It's disturbing. Scary sometimes, but so important. That's why you're here. I want you to build your understanding of the new message and prepare your circumstances as much as you can, but also recognize that this is why you have come. This is not a personal recognition. This is a deeper recognition. Yes, you will face fear and reluctance and confusion, but you have to proceed. If you want to experience knowledge, you must be moving. Knowledge wants you to be moving, not just considering. Begin to move and you'll experience knowledge as part of that movement. Moving you forward, holding you back, pulling you this way, pulling you that way. Because we all must become stronger and more determined than we are today to live in this new world reality. This is our journey together and we need each other to do this. And we need each other to bring this to the world for the world doesn't know what is coming. But there are many people out there who are being stirred and who are ready to know and who want to know, waiting for this to reach them. Thank you. I think this should be interpreted as when people go into these remote areas and bring out live animals to either to eat or to sell in open markets, which exist in many parts of the world. And I've been in some of these uh, food markets and it's a really grim situation, believe me. Um, even in big cities, I went to the one in Bangkok with Reed. Um, it was a pretty grim experience to be there, but their animals are being slaughtered next to each other. They're being caged next to each other. Um, besides what we may do at our end with these things, and certainly whatever came out of China went to a lab to be evaluated because people were already getting sick. So they had to find out why these people are getting sick and what was the pathogen. But it, doesn't, it only takes that exposure to different kinds of animals thrown together, uh, particularly in slaughterhouses, uh, that is enough to generate uh, exposures to human beings 
um, that can lead to something like this. So, um, you know, like Ebola is really has come from the bushmeat in Central Africa, in the Congo, in places like this. I mean, people are exposing themselves to elements in nature that are highly dangerous. And those things can break out into small communities and even larger communities, as we have seen with Ebola. So um, aside from the nefarious behavior of human beings at our end, our exposure to nature can bring into our sphere of influence uh, many things that we're not adapted to and unprepared for. And I think that's what was meant by that statement, um, that this is an act of nature. This comes from nature. Uh, it's been estimated there, there are 1,300,000 different kinds of viruses out there. We only have records of about 30,000 of them. So um, where they get that estimate, I don't know. But there are clearly a lot more agents of nature out there than we are aware of, and certainly that we can even be uh, exposed to. So I think we're, we're starting to see as we penetrate the farthest reaches of nature now, um, and exploit those areas, including deforestation and things like that, that we're exposing ourselves to things that could be highly dangerous to our survival and well-being. Uh, however powerful you think governments are, nature is more powerful. Pandemics in the past have killed more people than all the wars of that era in many situations whether it be viruses or bacteria. So we live in a biologically rich environment, so rich, in fact, that alien races can't even live here um, because they live in sterile environments. They have no protection against things like this. So um, even around nature, we have to be careful. And if we're careless, they can really harm us. So that's what the reference was. Um, things can jump into our system that uh, will really harm us. This has happened many, many times before, even many times in the last 20 years with H1N1 and SARS and MERS and all this kind of stuff. This is, this is exposure to humans by agents in nature. We want to make it conspiratorial because um, if that's our focus in life, we try to make everything fit into that model, but life is a lot bigger than conspiracies. So, um, 